You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, this is Tonya Don Rockla, your superpower expert, and I am excited to have with me today Jeremy Slate. He, this guy is, is quite, the, quite the package here from Oxford University and Seton Hall University to having a podcast, the Create Your Own Life podcast. This guy, you know, in the short time that I've known him, he, his mission here is to, to get that information out to the world, show entrepreneurs that you really can do things on your own terms and be successful at it. And so I'm really excited to have him on the show and help have him talk about his superpowers for all of you. So I'm going to bring him on now. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Hey, Tonya, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really excited to uh, help your audience get moving forward. Very cool, as are they, I'm sure. So we'd like to throw you right into the mix and ask, what are your superpowers? My superpowers are pulling emotion out of things and purely looking at the data to help myself make a decision because I think that was a lot of times where I kind of got sucked in especially when I was newer to business is we tend to buy into the emotion of what's happening and make a lot of decisions based on how we're feeling rather than, you know, what we observe. Because I think a lot of times we, we tend to pull that emotion into it and then we make really bad decisions. And after the fact, we regret them. So I've become really good at pulling the emotion out of decision-making to make data-based decisions. Oh, I love that you talk about that. I know you and I spoke just very briefly about the, um, clear business director in that whole business, we spent, when we started that business, we spent a lot of time educating, particularly entrepreneurs, about the value in doing what we call the mechanical due diligence. So making sure that you're, you know, you are operating from a detached perspective and taking that emotion out. We tell people to move beyond the I love you, you love me conversation. Right. Um, so I love that you are addressing that. That's powerful. It's, and then let me tell you, it, it, I've made a lot of poor decisions early on in my business journey by basing it on how I was feeling. And those are really short-sighted decisions. So it's when you learn how to do that, that you can really do some amazing things for yourself. So do you think, so does that come from the fact that we tend to do that, or most people tend to do that in their personal life and they just don't change the method with business? Or where, where do you think that comes from? You know, I, I, I think it's a little bit of that, but I also think it's, we're, we're raised with a lot of like bad information, you know what I mean? On like how you're supposed to make decisions. So we, we observe how our parents did things, how our friends do things. And we base a lot of how we react to things on, you know, what they do. And I think it's, it's important to learn that you can't always control the situation, but you can control how you react to it. And I think learning how to react to it is just yourself and not somebody else is a big deal because, you know, I got into teaching because, you know, my parents wanted to be teachers. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we make decisions because because we're either making it as someone else or for someone else. And I think we have to learn how to make that for ourselves. And that does help you big time to pull, you know, the real emotion out of it and actually make a clear cut decision. I love that. You're absolutely talking our language because, and again, I'll take it even a step further and say that the biggest challenge I see is that most people don't even know who they are. And so the idea of making decisions for yourself, you know, I, depending on where some of our clients are sitting, a lot of times I hear myself advising them, you know, question everything. Like, do you even like chocolate ice cream? You know, do you even <laughs> go to the movies? Like, how do you know if you haven't even asked where does that information come from? Our subconscious stores so much information that really puts us on this kind of autopilot. And most people never stop to wonder, you know, why and where it came from. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of times that's where it comes back to your whole idea of your own truth. You know what I mean? If, if someone else tells me something, that's great. But if I don't firsthand observe it, see it, feel it, experience it, it's very difficult for me to have an opinion of that because I'm just inheriting someone else's opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That we could talk for eons about that. Let's <laughs> get into that conversation. We've got, we've got fodder for days on there. Right. Uh, very cool. So how do you work with people on this? Do you work one-on-one with them? Just how, how, what's, what's your ideal kind of work there? In terms of helping people with what I was just talking about or? Yeah, or helping people in their business or moving entrepreneurs into places. Um, well, more or less, I do that through the interview. You know what I mean? I interview successful entrepreneurs, see what they've done, and then try to really get down to the bottom of what made them successful. Because I, I think a lot of times people are in a certain spot, like probably a lot of your audience are, and they think that nobody in the world has experienced life like them or experienced what's happening like what they're experiencing, but it turns out a lot of very successful people have been there. And I think it's kind of cool to see what their experience was like to pull that out of that. And, you know, so it's more of a secondhand experience in that way. Um, though my own story, I've been numerous different places that's really helped me to give some of that firsthand experience as well. Very cool. Yeah. I think it's so powerful that you're talking about things like that. So how did how did you, so you, you mentioned, you know, doing the teaching things and how did you transition into um, really looking at what works for businesses and what doesn't? Um, really from firsthand experience on myself, you know, I, I, I went right out of teaching full-time in the network marketing and uh, ran a fitness company at the same time. And I re- learned right away that having your purpose divided is a big thing to keep you from actually succeeding. When your attention becomes divided, you, you don't have a goal that goes towards one direction. And that actually, through my journey, has showed me that if I'm going to be successful at one thing, I have to, you know, focus on that one thing, become obsessed with being successful at that single thing. And that is the big difference. Because I think a lot of times we have so many things vying for our our attention, especially when we start to be successful at something. A lot of people want things from us. A lot of people want us to work with them on certain things. And you have to really look at that for, you know, what is my purpose of what I'm doing? You know, why am I doing it? and realize if that aligns with your purpose. If it doesn't, you're going to get pulled off of it. And that's kind of one of the big things that I've learned through my experience. And I see in a lot of business people that I've dealt with is they, they tend to get their attention divided, get pulled off purpose, and that's kind of the end of it for them. Oh, wow. We had such a similar experience. In fact, we, there was a period of about two years really early on when I refused to talk to anybody about our business, like about the model or ask for assistance or anything, because what happened in the very beginning was exactly what you're talking about. And it's like, you, you know, if you're not focused and if you don't have like piercing clarity on what you're doing, it's easy to get distracted. Like, you know, the shiny object syndrome and squirrel, you know, Oh my God, totally to do all of that. And, and, and what I found was we would speak to really well-meaning people and they would give us their advice. But of course, when you don't have clarity, all people can do is give you advice from their perspective and what they've done or what they've experienced. And, and it, it's easy to, to kind of get pulled off trajectory. And so we got super like selfish about who we let in and who we sought advice from until we had that clarity. And um, it, I swear it made all the difference, but, but it was a hard lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Well, and to that point too, I just interviewed a 22 year old gentleman today that has a very successful um, marketing company. And he said one of the big things that he's learned and he actually got started in business at 16. He got, he, he learned that he, you don't take advice from anyone that hasn't be, been successful 
at what you want to be successful at because we tend to take advice from mom and dad, from our friends, from our, you know, other people, and they haven't been successful at that thing we want to be successful at. And then we worry, we wonder why when we apply that, we don't have success ourselves. And I think that's a great piece of advice, simple as it is. Yeah. Well, and it's, and, and I take it a step further in, in the realms that we operate in. And, and I advise people like to be really cautious about, you know, only taking advice from people who are sitting vibrationally in a place that you want to go because material success, you know, that someone appears to, you know, achieve whether they actually achieved it or, 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 or just are really good at putting on that show. But that, that material success is something that's, you know, just because somebody else wielded a particular tool well and made money off of it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to. But if you look at where people are ahead of you evolution wise in terms of the life that you want and where they're sitting and all these other things, then that's a valuable place to kind of glean information from. Um, I think too often we look to people who maybe, you know, maybe they did a successful business 20 years ago, you know, well, the landscape changes, you know, and, and, there are certainly lessons learned that you can pull from, but you know, the, the, the world changes, marketing changes, all the, all these um, aspects are different. And we see that being a problem um, very frequently. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a big deal, especially with the way things are going digitally. Now it's completely changed the field of marketing mm-hmm. and a lot of older businesses are having trouble even keeping up with that because the old methods they tried just don't work anymore. You know, social media is not advertising. And I think that's what a lot of people haven't quite understood. It's so funny because my mind immediately goes to, we had the same issue in the espionage arena because when, when the Cold War, War kind of stopped, we, everybody, it, took, it took quite a while for the government to realize like, that those tactics that were established during that time frame don't apply to kind of the landscape now. <laughs> so, so it's not just business that suffers that. Like it's, you know, being, being agile and able to, to pivot is, is essential, um, I think, overall now, regardless of industry. So, um, so maybe we could talk about, you know, helping the government out next with that. Right. But, um, very well, cool. and, to, and to, that, to that point too, not to get you too far off, off, <laughs> off uh, purpose here, but I, I have uh, a couple very good friends that deal with a lot of Russian businesses coming to America now that you mentioned the Cold War, and they're actually having trouble culturally um, getting things moving here because it's just not the same as the economy after the Cold War. No, it's not. It's so fascinating. And, and I, I actually think that we're, we're totally on point with that conversation because it's, it, part of it is, is realizing that we, the world's changing. You know, we created this kind of global community, but there are implications, there are growing pains, there are adjustments, um, and that's across the board. And so I think it's perfect that you bring that up because it's easy for us to get kind of caught up in our own little worldview and forget that people see things differently, you know, in the, in the evolution work that we do here at superpower experts and the transformational work, it's, it's, we forget that truth looks differently depending on where you're sitting. And, um, a lot of times we won't hold to our own conviction. Like we talked about, about, you know, your truth, like who you are making decisions from your place. Um, a lot of times we want to make everybody else wrong in order to justify, you know, our position. And, and there's real value in accepting that, there's just different perspectives. There's different worldviews. There's different ways of looking at things, whether you're talking about frequencies and vibrations or, or business and other kinds right. um, there's, there's real value in allowing space for that. Totally. I love it. So do you feel like you're here to change the world? Is that a thing that you kind of abide by? I, I do actually. And it's funny because my, my wife and I had a discussion about this and I was like, 
you know, I want to have this enormous media network. And she's like, okay, but that's been done before. You know, there's iTunes. And I'm like, that's great, but I want to be bigger than iTunes. Because the thing is like, as big as you can get and as successful as you can get, the more people you can help. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I've learned by interviewing a lot of successful people is it's the whole idea of the airplane, right? They tell you, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on the person next to you. <laughs> because if you pass out, you can't help them. And, um, and, and that's the whole idea is like, is like, I want success because it's cool and it's fun, but also because I can help other people. And that's, that's really big. You know what I mean? And it's, I think that's where a lot of people have difficulty coming from that altruistic viewpoint. I know you and I were talking a little bit in the pre-show about people feeling threatened by other people's success. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's helped me is, um, you know, I've always been self-determined at what I wanted to do, you know, things that I want to do for myself and my purposes. But I think a lot of people have trouble becoming pan determined like I have. Like if I want to help everybody in the podcasting and the media space, it doesn't threaten me because a, a rising tide lifts all ships. If I help everybody, the space looks better. The people in the space look better. And you know, that's why I've been able to get a lot of great things from networking is because I'm always looking to help in that way. And I don't feel threatened by other people's success. Absolutely. It's so cool. I was just talking about that at a couple of meetings, even today and yesterday. It seems to be that this is, is the topic du jour because it was, um, and you know those people that this is what's so interesting so my new latest like business bible right now is the tribal leadership book and um they talk about it in there i, I you know i should buy stock in them if they have it <laughs> talk about them enough but it's um you know what's so powerful about what they talk about is they, they talked about when they started the book you know reaching out to specific people and um they could really tell where people were sitting because the ones who were like, well, what's in it for me? And what do you want from me? And all these other things, you know, they're sitting in that kind of self-determined space. And I love that you said pan-determined. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> you know those people. It's like, they're like, yeah, cool. I'll talk to you. Yeah, this feels right. Like, let's let's see where this goes. And this sounds like an important topic. We should probably hash it out or, or whatever the case may be. Even just agreeing to come on a crazy show about superpowers. It's like, cool. You know, you just know. You, you have that sense about this is a great way to get more information out. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes we stop ourselves or I see these amazing, amazing people stop themselves because they think that it's ego, you know, like you kind of touched on is that, well, yes, you want to be successful. Yes. You need to be known for all these things, but, but that's not how I view it. I view it as most people, those who were kind of the pioneers and are busting through some walls right now have to be known for being disruptors or for being, um, you know, divergent in some fashion before people will even catch on to the idea of whatever it is that they're, they're propagating. And, you know, and, and that, that to me, that's all tied up in this willingness to, to just even sit down and have a conversation and say, Oh, well, what are you doing? Oh, cool. What are you doing? And there's always ways to connect and ways to assist. And there's always synergies that develop when you come into it from that vantage point. Well, I, I think too, there's a little bit of fear that plays into that as well, because people are so afraid that, each decision they're making is their survival. You know what I mean? And it's especially a lot of new entrepreneurs. They, they, they make decisions based on, I need to make it till next week rather than what is this going to do for me six months from now? And I, and I get that it's a super hard balance, but it is a balance you have to learn to make because if you're not thinking in futures besides the right now, it's, you're not going to make it. Oh, it's so powerful that you say that. We talk a lot about planting seeds and um, you know, the idea that, that it, this whole concept of being an entrepreneur or, and it's not just entrepreneurs, it's, it's, it's also those that are just 
really just interested in kind of that personal development journey is it really is a process of farming versus fishing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you can do both. Sometimes you have to do both, but I mean, I know that we, we get referrals and contacts all, all over the place from years ago. Like it, it could be somebody that we connected with five years ago. It's like, Oh, I, I told so-and-so about you or whatever. And the big thing is how are you showing up? You know, are you, are you showing up in a way that, that feels good to people? And if you can help people feel good, when you connect with them, they remember you, you know, they, they keep, they, they keep that in their minds. And, and, and when you're in that wholeness kind of self-confident space, that's even better. They're going to, they're going to remember what you said to them and they're going to file that away for future. Um, but, but it's, you're, you're right that it switches the story into the beingness piece. Um, you know, how are you showing up as opposed to what are you immediately doing right this second too? Exactly. So it's interesting to me. So do you meet um, a lot of folks who, like you, you, you interview a lot of folks. Would you say that the majority of people that you interview in the success, you know, it, what, however you define that, are, um, are sitting in that space of well, what we call more that, that collaborative space and willingness to kind of work with others and do that farming? A hundred percent. And I'll tell you what, for coming from my own experience of, you know, having my own business and a fitness business, being in a network marketing business, you know, selling life insurance before I started my own company with my wife now where we do uh, media. um, The biggest thing and the most difficult mind shift for someone to make, but that I've noticed in a lot of these entrepreneurs is shifting from that place of I need to survive from how can to how can I help? Mm-hmm. And I think that is the biggest thing and the single thing that binds all these people that I interview. You know, I've interviewed artists, musicians, and they all come at it from the place of, you know, this shift. You know, um, I interviewed one of my favorite musicians, a guy named Modest Yahoo, who's, who's a reggae singer. And he said that he doesn't look at the crowd for the first few minutes of his performance because he doesn't feel like he can be the person he needs to be for them yet. Mm. He has to kind of get in that place of, you know, giving them that value. And I think it's funny because I've interviewed people from all over the place, professional athletes, business people, and like I said, musicians, and they all have that single binding factor. Hmm. I'm really, really, really pleased to hear you say that because that's been kind of my bias and that's, that's where, where I operate from and, and, and where I, and I, but that's just selfishness. Like, I just like it. Like I like to play with people. I, you know, I'm very open about once the due diligence business was up and going and it's, you know, systemized and everything. The superpower experts thing was just pure selfishness. Cause I just wanted more people to play with, you know? Right. And so it was, so it was like, well, okay, I, I'm not finding them necessarily out there in the world. Let's just, create the space where they gather, you know? Right. No, totally. And so, so, and, and I, that's been my bias is that, well, and and even our mantra here is like, you know, turning personal power into superpower. And, and the only, you can only take personal power so far, like especially in business, like there is a limit to what you can do by yourself. Uh, And that's what the, the solopreneur journey kind of teaches people is like, you know, most people end up just creating jobs for themselves and, and there, there really is a limit time-wise, um, you know, effort-wise, energy-wise, reach-wise that you can, that, that, that you can do alone. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think there is a huge chasm between that space and leaping into where you, you learn how to really work with other people. 
Well, and it's funny because I wrote a, I wrote an article about that, and I think it's going to offend some people, but I don't think solopreneurs are entrepreneurs, because all you're doing is creating another job. An entrepreneur yeah. is a person that's able to empower other people with their vision. You know, put the right people in place. They know they're not good at everything, and that's why they find the right people to do certain things. You know, solopreneurs are usually doing everything, and it's I'll be honest with you, that's been one of my biggest struggles is being able to empower other people. But if you want to grow big that's something you have to learn to be able to do is to empower other people. Well, absolutely. And that, that's a big part of the reason why um, when we came out of government, we were going to do corporate training. You know, we just figured the government paid so much money to train us in certain things that we would impart that in the business world. And it was really other businesses that kept coming to us, asking us to do for them what we had done in government. And we were like, no, like we don't do that. Like I, we didn't see it. We didn't see the connection. And what we've realized was exactly what you're talking about is a big part of the reason why the solopreneurs don't venture into that space is all of the horror stories and everything everybody hears about what goes wrong when you work with people. And so from that leg of things, we started off creating a process so people can be relatively certain that the people they're getting involved with are who they say they are and can do what they say they can do to help mitigate some of that risk. And then what was interesting is what came out of that. Um, I ended up doing a lot of individual coaching, which was never on my trajectory um, because people weren't making the decision. They weren't moving into that space because of fear, like you talked about. Yeah. Like they would come to us. I'm like, you don't need due diligence. You need help. Like you need some confidence. You need some self-esteem. Like we need to figure out what, what is the fear about? Why aren't you willing to move into this space? And, and so it was fascinating to me that it was all part of the same kind of issue and there's many different solutions to it. Um, and, but I agree with you hundred percent. And I mean, even in the, this business, I, w- I would say is still in its infancy and even in its short time, we've gone through like a partnership breakup and experts have come and got, you know, and, and it's, and it's really being able to still do it, you know, even, even right. though it didn't work perfectly the first time, you know, you, you learned your lessons and you move on. I would much rather work with somebody who feels like they failed a few times at business. than It's, it's that persistence. That. You know what I mean? That's the big key. It's the persistence. Oh, that's perfect. Well, and, and so, so I don't know if you're, you're like me, do you sit and ask yourself, like, why you, like, why do you get this stuff? And many, many people don't. Do you, do you have that conversation with yourself? Um, you know, I, I, I think I used to, but I, I don't really do that anymore because it's more or less, I just look at things for, for what they are. And so when you had that it, conversation, what was it, why, what, what was it about your life, how it unfolded or how you created it that led you to this place? Uh, it's, it's more or less acting when other people wouldn't, you know, you know what I mean? I think that's been one of the biggest things is a lot of people get paralyzed and, you know, for example, today I'm doing work for a client. I had an outcome that I didn't really like and I put my head down and kept going. And I think a lot of people would say, all right, well, day's over. And I kind of realized that you have to push yourself through that place. And you know what? Now I'm on a show with you and I feel great. So it's just (laughs) a matter of pushing yourself to that point because, you know, it's, it's funny because I have an article coming out for Addicted to Success next week about this. And it's this whole thing as an entrepreneur that will have 10 beautifully successful things in a day and we have one negative thing happen, right? And it's not even that bad, but we tend to focus on that thing and we feel like, man, I'm such a loser. And I, I think it's, you know, taking the wins and, you know, remembering them and putting them out there and it's the losses, just forgetting them very quickly and learning from them what you can and that's about it. Well, and, and it's, that's totally counter to what we're taught. Um, we, we address that 
um, in our circles, you know, just telling people, you know, feed, feed what you want to feed, but recognize that if you focus on the negative, you know, then that's, then that's what you get more of. And mm -hmm. the challenge for most people is it feels irresponsible to ignore it because we're trained. I mean, look at, look at our medical industry, look at, you know, schooling, look, all of them. There, there's some sort of preventative, like you have to call it out. You have to look at it. You have to dissect it. If there's a problem, you know, all these things. And it's like, sometimes you can just choose to ignore it and it, and it's fine. But, but by putting your attention on it, it actually makes it worse. Um, but there's an art, I think, to that, to, to being able to determine when you really have to address something and when it's, it's just a fear that's, that's, you know, trying to get your attention. Totally. And it's, you know, it's like, like the big thing Grant Cardone's always stressing that, you know, it's results go where attention flows. And I think people don't always realize that, you know? Well, it's discipline. I mean, that again, we most people don't see that affirmed in their existence. You know, we, we right. I mean, look at social media, look at media in general. I mean, look at look at just what is perpetuated in our society, and it's typically the most negative thing anybody can find, and that's what we focus on. I got I got very sensitive to that and started observing people's um, conversations and how people communicate and what they um, choose to say about what's going on in their existence. And and I love what you just got done saying. It's like you could have easily, you know dropped into a lower frequency, you know, and, 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 but the, but the challenge is that that creates the rest of your day. You know, well, and the thing about that too is negative people don't last long in my space because I value my connections, my space and everything going on around me. So if you're not adding to it, you're gone. Absolutely. And, 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 and that, that, that leads itself into a lot of other fears that some folks have about letting people go you know, and because and, sometimes it's family, you know, sometimes it's close friends and family that really are the ones perpetrating some energy and stuff in your space that, that isn't serving you. And, um, you know, that we're not, we're not trained to think that that's okay. And so I, I do see that that detachment piece from, you know, all the things that we think we should have, you know, blood is thicker than water and, and all these, these kind of ideas that um, of what loyalty looks like and, and where we should be focusing our attention um, it's easy to miss, I think, how that impedes things. Well, I, I think, too, if I hadn't observed that in my own life, I wouldn't have been able to pull, you know, detach myself like that. Um, when I first started my network marketing business, um, you know, I don't do it anymore, but when I first started, uh, my cousin, who was my best friend, looked at my wife and I, and I just wanted him to look at the business. I didn't care if he started. I just wanted to acknowledge it and say, hey, that's pretty cool, man, whatever. Um, but he looked at my wife and I and said, I know what you're doing and I'm going to have to do whatever I have to do to see you fail. Once you see somebody say that to you, you, you pretty much are looking at other people in a different way and, and really guarding your space. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, but what a gift, you know, he gave you. I mean, we, I train people. I value that moment. Yeah. I train people to look at everybody in their life like avatars, like everybody's an avatar in your little game. And, and if you, you know, if you, if you're getting that kind of feedback, you know, if you take a second and look within and, and that's exactly what you did and you're like, you could have let that completely break you. That way you, and you would have been totally justified in letting it completely break. Well, it it you. did for about 10 minutes, but that was about it. <laughs> you're like, okay, I'm done. 
<laughs> exactly. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Well, very cool. Well, I, I, I'm enjoying the conversation. I don't even know where we're completely off trajectory, but I think it's perfect. <laughs> Uh, so we'll just we'll just keep going, but but I do want to ask you, um, you know, in respect of your time, I want to ask you if there is a story you want to share with our listeners about. Um, you, you've shared some already. If there's another story that you know, in accordance with our "Live in Your Power" kind of segment of, of a time that you just you just got that intuitive hit or or that inner knowingness um, to do something and you took action and what transpired because of it. Well, I can kind of tell you a quick story on that, and that's, it's kind of the culmination of two things. When I was 19 years old, um, I had uh, tore three major ligaments in my knee. My foot was going backwards playing football, and uh, I had what was supposed to be a minor surgery, like a half an hour to do it. Um, the anesthesia, I had an allergic reaction, and I spent th three days in the hospital. They brought in the priest, gave me last rites, and that situation didn't affect me. I didn't change. I didn't do anything, and a lot of people, like... I think it would have changed them. For me, it didn't change me. It didn't make me do something different. And then when I was 24 years old, my mom had a massive stroke, um, lost full use of the right side of her body, lost all her language skills, and she can't work anymore. And then I finally changed. I finally decided, well, this is how fragile life is. You really have to live life for everything it's worth. And you know, it's most people don't get two chances, you know, and I, I got two to decide to make a difference because I, I had decided at that point that I wasn't definitely wasn't getting a third chance. Mm. So I think it taught me the value of life. Mm, absolutely. I think that that's huge. And so, so usually I close out with that question, but it struck me as you were talking, what, um, how did you connect with your wife? You say, you know, you and your wife are in business around that. Did, did she share similar philosophies? Yeah, we're, we're, very, we're very much the same. It's, it's interesting, but in the way that we can, you know, we're, we're a little bit different so that we get along well because I feel like you're two, two the same, you don't. But uh, we share very much the same philosophies, and I think that's one of the big reasons that we don't argue mm -hmm. um, because we know that we're both allowed to be brutally honest with each other, and it's not the point of offending the other person. It's basically telling them, hey, I don't like that. Handle it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, th I think because we're so open about that, it's been a big deal for how we get along. Mm, very cool. Well, well, kudos to you. I, I know a lot of people in the entrepreneur world would love nothing more than to do it with their partner, which is, you know, what my husband, I model also. And um, so I, I love seeing more and more examples of that happening. I, I think it's cool. Awesome. So very cool. Well, Jeremy, where can people go to find out more about you? Best place is over at jeremyryanslate.com. They can find my podcast and everything else linked up over there. Very cool. Well, Jeremy, Jeremy Ryan, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us on the show. I, I really, really appreciate it. It's been delightful. I love your energy, and I'm excited for you. And mostly, I just, I just like knowing you're out there doing your thing in the world. I, that, that's pretty cool. 
Well, thank you so much for having me, and I hope your audience got a lot out of this. Oh, I'm sure they did. And, and to all of you out there, as always, thank you so much for your loyalty. We appreciate it. And until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.